Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for, uh, yeah, we'll release this in real time. Friday, April 9th, 2021. What's going on? It's been, you know, 10 days, I think, since I last recorded a show. Uh, so it's good to be back, back in the studio a.k.a. Rogers Park. And I want to apologize to the fans out there for the uh, technical issue, the delayed release of our Easter special. And thank you to the fan and hashtag brother of the podcast who brought it to uh, our attention. Walt Furness, thank you for letting us know. Basically, okay, here, here's what happened. Uh, and the episode is out now. If you missed it, you thought we took a week off for Easter. That's not the case. Uh, you can go listen to it. Our Easter special, I think, dropped on Tuesday is when it eventually came out, uh, featuring my mom, Dr. Jane Dennison Furness. You can go listen to it. We're talking about you know all sorts of hijinks, egg dying, creationism, Jen Shaw, the works, um, like every Easter. But essentially, what happened? I had never done this. Believe it or not, you know this is our. I think this is our 170th episode of the Beantown Podcast, and I had never tried this. But what happened was that we had recorded the audio file, my mom and I, through GarageBand, easy peasy, no problem, no no issues. And then what I wanted to do was not up, I, you know, because I, I could have uploaded it right then. You know, as soon as the MP3 is finished, converting... It's good to go. I can send it to the airwaves, right? But I try to keep it to a steady weekend release schedule, which may not be the best from a popularity perspective. But frankly, you know, and listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. Frankly, I don't really give a shit uh, about what works best and what what doesn't. There was a time in, in young Quinn's life, you know, I, what, I, what, how old was I? 22 when I started this show. Um, what am I now? 26, 5, 4, 3. I turn. Yeah, I was 22 when I started this show, I think, right? There was a time when I was like, let's grow this podcast. Let's, let's get more listeners. Let's turn this into a thing. And it worked, you know, for a while. I mean, we had shows back in year two that were, you know, over a thousand downloads, over a thousand hits, you know, multiple shows like that, which was awesome. And it was great. But I was just, I realized like I wasn't going to be able to put up, you know, a, a, a quality show every single week that was going to get, you know, a thousand, two thousand hits, something like that. Um, and so I made the very conscious decision to just be like, you know what, I'm just going to do me. I'm going to not market it as heavily. I'm not going to, you know, post about every single podcast on Facebook and tweet about it and, you know, Instagram it, whatever, get on the discover page, you know, yada, yada, yada. Like I got stuff to do. I got three jobs that I'm working to provide for this family and, what was my point? Oh, quality releases. I don't know. Weekend releases. Yeah, I don't give a. I don't give a crap. I'll release it when I want to release it. But that being said, I try to stick to the once a week schedule, right? So it's like if we release something, you know, two weekends ago on Saturday or Sunday, whenever it was, and then come out with a new show two days later and be like, hey, that's for the next weekend. It just feels weird, right? So. Going back to the original story, what I'm trying to do is upload it to SoundCloud, 
but via a delayed release. You know, you can do that with YouTube and stuff. The reason for, for that, that I needed to upload it with a delayed release was because I was going to be in the suburbs all weekend away from home. And it's not a big issue to, you know, just bring my MacBook and charger and, and, uh, you know, just upload it from there. Great Wi-Fi speeds. It would take like five minutes. But um, I was just like, you know, I cause you got to lug your, your backpack on the train and, and, and back and forth and stuff. And it's already got a full bag. And I was just like, oh, if I don't have to carry this extra weight, I won't. If there's a solution to my problem, which I thought there was. The issue was I accidentally marked the video as private with the delayed release just and not thinking straight, but at the time, thinking, okay, it's it's private, it'll come out at this time, then thinking, then it will be public and available to everyone. That obviously didn't happen. It was released at the time I wanted it to be released, but it stayed on private mode. So basically, the episode was released, you know, last, I think it was last, it was like literally exactly a week ago, last Friday at 5, this 7 p.m. right now. Um, that was when I intended to release the Easter special. It didn't come out until Tuesday morning, or it wasn't made public until Tuesday morning. But uh, mea culpa, uh, mea culpa, is that how you say it? Um, Latin for sucks to suck. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks for pointing it out. And that episode is up. If you missed it last week, my apologies. Um, but uh, I have not forgotten about you, right? Beantown marches on. Today is our Beantown podcast fourth annual Taxes special featuring Matt Fiedler, and I'm going to be completely honest. Uh, we just we just hopped off the phone. We just recorded uh, the interview. It went way longer than expected, so I I know you can already see how long the podcast is. I apologize. That's my fault because I kept coming in with the hard hitting questions. But it's kind of exciting now because I can like preview what's to come. I mean, we've got CPA practice exam questions. Uh, we're talking about capital gains and what it means for you, the little guy. We discuss musical interests and a lot of other, you know, fun things in between. Our interview ended up lasting uh, almost an hour. So what that means for you all is that you're not going to hear that much from just me today. Most of this episode is um, Matt and I talking back and forth. Um, so my my individual section that I'm actually recording after um, Matt and I's conversation is going to be kept pretty short. Uh, I think I'm I'm only talking for a couple more minutes here. But I wanted to, you know, uh, just we we talked about this last week. Last week the big breaking news was that Jen Shaw had been arrested for uh, two counts, one of wire fraud and one count of, uh, oh, what was the other one? Wire fraud and conspiracy? I, I don't know, something like that. And here's the crazy thing. So last Wednesday, Jen Shaw was supposed to have a Zoom call court date. But because you know this is a public court and a public hearing, Anyone can jump on this Zoom call. Um, so, and I wasn't part of this when it happened on Wednesday. Um, you know, this is already nine days ago. But allegedly, not allegedly, apparently what happened from reading the news is that there were so many people who hopped on this Zoom call just out of, like, sheer fandom that the the district court in Utah or... Yeah, Utah, I think, not New York. I, I don't know. I can't, 
I know I work for a law school. I cannot keep all this district appellate appeals. Or just she's she's get she's in a Utah courthouse Zoom room, but getting tried by the Southern District of New York. I don't really understand how it works, and I don't really need to understand how it works. Okay, I'll leave that up to the brother of the podcast, Jack Furness. He's graduating from an Ivy League law school this month. Uh, congrats again. But basically, the Zoom call was flooded with people unrelated to the court hearing that Jen Shaw's legal team and Ms. Shaw couldn't even get on the call. So they had to reschedule it. And he, the reason I bring it up is because here is where Quinster and Rachel come in. They reschedule it for Friday, so you know we're working. Actually, I had the day off, but Rachel is working. Um, and I'm like, it's scheduled to, they're you know, redoing it at 10 a.m. And I'm like, I'm going to find this, this call. And so it ended up being a phone number that you dial into. It wasn't a Zoom call. It was a phone number. And I dial in at 10 a.m., which is you know, 9 a.m. Mountain Time. And I'm on the Jen Shaw indictment hearing. Along with her, her uh, first assistant, Stuart Smith, a.k.a. Stu Chains. And it was just such, and apologies for the language, but it's really the only, oh, there's two terms I could use. Both are uh, using cuss words, so apologies. Shit show or clusterfuck, either one of those works. Because her, I think it's her legal defense team is the guy he just doesn't understand zoom you've got echoes you've got you need to you know the judge is trying to say something and someone else is talking or there's awful background noise it was really the echoes that were the worst part i mean this thing probably took a solid 30 minutes of like are you on can you hear me there's something wrong with my microphone and just crazy like echoes but finally, the call gets going. The hearing gets started. I put us on speakerphone. Rachel and I are listening there uh, at her parents' house. And, you know, most of the talk is just between the judge and whomever, the, the DA, and, you know, her defense attorney. But there, were, there was one or two moments when you got to hear Jen Shaw speak. It was pretty fun. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we, we heard the terms of her, you know, bonds and flight risks and all sorts of negotiations. It was a wild time. It was awesome. Uh, her, her trial, I believe, is set for October. Okay, so we've got six months to go until then. But, hey, that second season of Real Housewives is going to be nuts. Okay, and that's going to be must-listen podcast airtime when we get around to, you know, they haven't announced when that season comes out because, you know, they're still filming. I mean, she was arrested while filming. So, you know, and that was only two weeks ago. So it's going to be huge. Very, very excited. Uh, one other thing that I, I mean, there's so much I could talk about. BT dubs. I got my second, uh, Rachel and I got our second shots on Saturday, and I think she felt okay. I mean, she's been dealing with some other stuff, uh, seasonal allergies, which is probably worse than my COVID reactions, but I got knocked on my ass. Uh, arm soreness, as bad as it gets, uh, muscle soreness, muscle aches, real bad. The fever I had last Sunday night, probably one of the worst of my life. Uh, of my life, of my lives. What am I, a cat? Uh, 
really, really tough to fall asleep because you're just there like heart rate is just skyrocketing, yada, yada, yada. I, I was never like nauseous or anything, which is good. I'm fine now. But um, fully vaxxed, baby. Fully vaxxed and uh, fully waxed. Not actually. I've never been waxed in my life before, except for a couple, couple of hands of cribbage in my past. Not too frequently. Just enough to, to sting. Um, speaking of sting, I, I listened to a, a The Police Greatest Hits track on YouTube this morning. And I don't have anything else to say about that. I just like word association on the Beantown podcast. The one musical thing that I, I was going to mention was that uh, I woke up this morning, and actually Matthew and I talk about it um, towards the end of our interview where we talk about music and like waking up and you have a song stuck in your head. I woke up this morning with a song that some of you know, some of you may not know, but a classic David Byrne, Psycho Killer. There's a great YouTube clip. It's just him his acoustic guitar and a tape recorder. And the stuff he was doing back in, you know, late 70s, early 80s was so modern is crazy. I have not had the appreciation for David Byrne that I should have had up until very recently. But if you never listen to him or Talking Heads, uh, more importantly, I think if you never, like, watched some of their stuff, uh, like live I mean, live, um, you know, songs on YouTube, go for it. Because it, just the, the creativity, um, but all, uh, you know, the, the artsy aspect of it, but also the, the sheer musical talent that that guy and his bandmates, you know, have in those videos. I mean, you can go watch Psycho Killer. Uh, there's a great taping to the River version live, which is so much better than the album version because he really pumps up the tempo. Um yeah, it's just, it's, it's great stuff. If you like Bowie, go check out David Byrne. Um, I wanted to just give a quick shout out to our sponsors because I know we're already pushing time here. This episode's going to be over an hour. I apologize for that. But a thank you to our sponsors, uh, you know, Home Pride Oregon. If you need your home inspected and you live in Central Oregon, I got a great deal for you. His name's Steve, and he's my dad. And you can reach him at 541-410-0316. I was struggling with the phone number last week. I got it this time. Uh, not by writing it down. It just came to me more clearly. Um, Cuts by Q. We are an independently owned barbershop here on Chicago's north side. And if you need a quick cut, nice and easy, you can call us, 815-298-7200, or email us, cutsbyqyahoo.com. And, of course, with the show in general, any questions, comments, concerns, complaints, or poems, or other artistic pieces, you can send them to us. Email beantownpodcastyahoo.com. Again, this is Beantown, beanpodcastyahoo.com. You can also tweet at us, at beantowncast. My personal Twitter is at whitebuns. You know how to find me. Instagram, I'm q.queend. I should probably simplify those, but I like both of them so much, white buns and q.queend, that I'm not willing to give either one of them up. Okay? Uh, and then finally, the Samson Q2U series. When God speaks, he uses a Samson. All right, folks. Well, from my end, that's all you are going to get from me uh, individually. We are going to get the tape queued up, that, uh, the, the recording that Matthew and I did just about an hour ago. 
And again, it's our Bean Tom Podcast fourth annual taxes special featuring dear childhood friend and probably probably right up there with my brother Jack in terms of most ever appearances in the podcast. He might be number one though, Matt Fiedler. Uh, he's a dear friend of the show. And if you um, are curious, you like our conversation, you want a little bit more of that, we have lots of other shows through our, our actual podcast together, the White Noise Podcast. You can go listen to that wherever podcasts are listened to. And it's a fun show. And uh, maybe one of these days we'll have a new episode come out, which would be a lot of fun. So anyways, that's all I got for you on my end. And uh, hopefully the like the audio quality slash level shift isn't too dramatic when I go from this live recording to the uh, recording that we just made. Um, I think it's going to be pretty consistent though. But if you have to adjust your volume levels a little bit, I apologize for that. It's tough when we're down to the one microphone, the one Samson Q2U. So I got to do a fun little like hold the phone speaker right next to the microphone as I'm talking into it as well. So we've really taken low budget um, to a whole new level. We're back where we started with one Samson Q2U microphone. Maybe soon we'll be down to zero. So I got to, maybe that'll be a good uh, Father's Day present. Again, don't think I have any kids out there, but if there are any and you're listening, now you know it to give me. So no one has any excuses this year, okay? All right. That's all I got to say. We are going to turn it over to Matt Fiedler and Quinn Furness now for our live interview. Take it away, boys. All right, and now for the moment everyone has been waiting for, welcoming, welcoming him back to the podcast for who knows how many appearances this is. But, of course, it's our fourth annual taxes special and it wouldn't be a beantown podcast taxes special without our tax man expert the man the myth the legend if you could see his hair that i'm looking at right now you would love it full dustin hoffman mode matt fiedler welcome back to the show how are you doing i'm doing pretty good i'm glad to be here there's a few quick things i do want to say uh, first of all thanks for having me back so many times two um I think I, I and I've said this repeatedly. I'm I am not good at taxes, and that's not my profession. I know I keep getting introduced this way, but I think there is a testament there that you you have not gone to jail yet um, for uh, tax evasion or anything of, of that sort. So I'll, I'll take credit for that. Um, everything else, I I, I don't I I'll deny in court. Um, but yeah, glad to be here. And yes, I'm accepting the full Dustin Hoffman uh, look at this point. Um, uh, circa all all the president's men, right? Is that what it what that movie is? Throw back to that. Time yeah, period. I only saw that one once, but uh, okay. yeah, it's it's Dustin Hoffman and Robert Redford and uh, Deep Throat. So Deep yeah. Throat. Did yeah. you ever you ever see that Liam Neeson movie, Mark Felt? You know. I, uh, it sounds familiar, but I don't think I've ever seen it. No, I I, I never saw it either. Mark is Felt he, is that's who they revealed to be Deep Throat like thirty years later, and then they made a movie about him. But I don't know anything about the movie other than the history of the 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 main person. So I wonder if uh, my family had watched it recently, um, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I, I kind of I saw a Reddit thread about this the other day about Liam Neeson and how all his acting roles in the past ten to fifteen years have been exactly the same, which I agree with, and it kind of makes me. Well. 
Well, I, yeah, it, it works, but it kind of makes me bummed to think of like, you know, Schindler's List and some of his mm-hmm. roles where he's doing a little different type of character. And I would, I hope at some point in the future we get a little return to something like that because he's, he's a great actor and he does a yeah, great job sure. with the, the taken type roles, but he's good in other places too. There's a point where I don't know if his age can keep up with the, the physically demanding roles that they have him play. You know what I mean? Keanu Reeves, he's got some he, he's got some running room. He could probably do this for another ten years. But like Liam Neeson is, you can tell he's getting a it's getting a little dated. You know what I mean? He's uh, I don't think he's as spry as he used to be at, at kicking other people's asses. So I don't know. I guess we'll see. Maybe he needs to drink some of that uh, Scientology water that Tom Cruise uh, has got. Mission Impossible Seven coming it's out. It's working for him. And you know what? There's there's a uh, like uh, James James Bond movies that I haven't been a fan of, but the Mission Impossible movies like they're all pretty solid. Like some there's some that aren't as great as the other ones, but they're not, none of them are like just terrible. You know what I mean? I absolutely love the Mission Impossible series and growing up it wasn't really a thing I mean we were you know aware of it and I think you know I think the fourth Mission Impossible came out when we were in like high school or college or something like that so there were there were really three growing up and the first one is you know your classic 90s kind of spy thriller with John Voight and the you know iconic drop down in the helicopter scene whatever the second one I think I only had seen ever once growing up and i have gone back and rewatched it and it's pretty weak uh it's it's not great but that third one with philip seymour hoffman is very very dark tonally and that's a really well done film and then the last three four five and six have all kind of felt similar in terms of their make and feel but they they've got it down to uh to a science sound they do a great job and i think mission impossible six might be my favorite like pure action film of all time something like that or is that five uh, Ghost Recall is is five. Uh, Fallout oh. is six. And the reason oh. I love it so much, uh, I mean Henry Cavill does a great job in that role. But the two set pieces that are like the the main set pieces in that film, there's the uh, the Halo jump with mm-hmm. with Tom Cruise and, and Henry Cavill, and then there's the helicopter fight at the very end. And those two set pieces to me are just like as as good as it gets when you realize that like. Tom Cruise actually did a halo jump and they filmed him yep. doing it and he actually learned how to fly a helicopter and they filmed him doing it. And it's just as crazy as he is. And I don't think I would like him in real life, but <laughs> he just, he's amazing. There's no one else like him. He's very dedicated. Yeah. I had, I had seen a, like a behind the scenes on that, uh, halo jump and he had to do, I don't know if it was like 250 jumps before he could, do jump by himself or something like that, or he had to get so many jumps in before he could do that jump. And the funny thing is there's a, there's a guy that jumps with him. A lot of people don't think about this when they're watching movies, but, um, as someone who, and I'm sure you do this as well, someone who like is really into cinema, you're thinking about like, wow, how did they film that? They literally had a guy with like a, a red camera, which is like a huge, you know, Hollywood production camera strapped to his head. And he jumped at the same time that Tom Cruise, <laughs> he literally backed off uh, the, the back of the plane and jumped and tried to get, keep Tom Cruise in frame the whole time. Like that's just the logistics behind some of those shots are just wild. You know what I mean? And Tom Cruise does 
all, if not most of his own stunts, right? Like, that's just, that's crazy. Yeah, I, I think it's in Mission Impossible. It's either five or six, but I think it was he five. Broke his ankle or he breaks his ankle and they use that take in you the could, movie. Oh, man. The worst part is you can see where it breaks. And then he takes some pretty heavy steps after yeah. after that on that foot. And the whole time I'm just like, oh, oh, that would hurt. That would hurt so much. Yeah, he, he must just get so psyched up that he's got the adrenaline pumping and yeah. he's just pain tolerance is through the roof. So Yeah, it yeah. must be in that water, you know. Mm, exactly. Well, <laughs> Liam Neeson, there we go, um, if you're listening. Uh, well, let's get down to business before my, my phone crashes here. Uh, the reason for the season, April 15th is coming up, and, and I recognize fully that, once again, the, the deadline for most people has been extended. Uh, but, of course, it's a good time of year, as good a time of any, on Friday, April 9th, when we're recording here, to do our taxes special. Matthew has joined us every single year um, for this particular episode um, and and plenty of other guest appearances as well. But uh, Matthew, I, I know you were not humble is not the word I was looking for, but but always humble, but you were you were cautious with my introduction. Why don't why don't you tell all the listeners at home exactly what what you do, what you don't do? Um, and then we'll we'll jump into some of these hard hitting questions. Okay, now that sounds good. Um, I, I think every year around tax time, I normally get a, uh, a handful of texts. I, I think I could go back um, in my phone. I, I think I got about nine or ten this year, just like, hey, I got a tax question for you. And, and normally my response is like, okay, I, my question is probably going to be the same as yours. Cause I probably, don't, probably don't know the answer. But um, So I, I am an accountant. Um, my, my day job is uh, an auditor. So um, I think... A lot of people, when they hear auditor, they think of uh, the IRS. I am not affiliated in any way, shape, or form with the IRS, but we will. Um, the company that I work for, RSM, uh, does auditing over public and private companies. Um, as far as size, if you're in the accounting world, the, the big four probably uh, is a very familiar term to you, but uh, RSM isn't quite. I think if there was like the big, the top 10, we'd, probably, we'd be in there, but uh, we're not as large as some of the um, ENY or KPMG, the larger accounting firms. Um, but basically, a lot of the audits that I do are required by banks or borrowers or uh, people that read the financial statements. And we will go through and test a company's financials uh, in a myriad of different ways and basically say, yep, this is materially correct. Um, so if you're not asleep by now i could go on quinn if you'd like oh um, no i think everyone everyone is ready for for a hard-hitting cpa practice oh, exam man. question to kick us off and then I'll, I'll i'll ask you one of these and then i'll back off and and, and ask okay. you some some nicer questions maybe we'll come back to another practice one later all right that sounds good as long as it's not for uh poc or percentage of completion type accounting i should We'll see if I can wing this one. Well, this is from the AUD section of the CPA exam. Good, good. So, I should know this because this, that's audit. So, well, that's why I picked it because I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to have fun and be kind. So, this is a multiple choice question, and if you're following along at home, grab a pen and paper. Not that it's terribly lengthy, but there's just some jargon and terminology in here that you know you might not be familiar with. So, here we go. The question is this: the controller, is that how you say it? Because I know you the see controller. 
yeah. Sometimes it get that's the, that M and the P. It's like the word kernel. It just doesn't make sense. Well, or you could say comptroller. You could. I, I've heard people say that. Um, quite honestly, I don't think I've ever really audited a company that had a comptroller. It's normally their title is controller. Okay. Okay. Um, or or controller. Um, if you if you meet him in the parking lot, you can get a little bit more loose with your jargon. But normally, it's controller with or, the ER. Or, or after a glass of uh, Jack and Coke. Um, yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right, here we go. The controller of a small utility company has interviewed audit firms like the one you work for, proposing mm-hmm. to perform the annual audit of their employee benefit plan. According, (laughs) according to the guidelines of the Department of Labor, the selected auditor must be, and now we have four answer choices, okay? Okay. Answer A, the firm that proposes the lowest fee for the work required. Answer B, independent for purposes of examining financial information required to be filed annually with the Department of Labor. Answer C, included on the list of firms approved by the Department of Labor. And answer D, independent of the utility company and not relying on its services. Let me know if you need me to uh, clarify or repeat anything. Well, my immediate um, reaction is uh, is B and D. Um, so the second, second and the last one. Um, I, I don't think that there's. Go ahead. No, I should say this. We're doing this SAT style, so or GRE. You got to or LSAT or any standardized test. There, it's one answer. So pick oh, the know, pick know, the I'm best walking, answer. I'm walking you through my process. Gotcha. Here. Go ahead. So um, those other those I think uh, A and C don't have any distinct bearing. I, I don't even think that the um, the Department of Labor has a, a listing of uh, approved quote unquote. Um, uh, accounting firms that that are you know able um, to to do it, but I think the the distinction is they have to be reputable. Um, but I don't think there's a distinct list. Um, so uh, I think I'm going to go with the last one. I'm going to pretend that instead of D, you said B, and I just couldn't hear you very well. See, and as I said the last one, like, that's probably B, but there is something to be said of if you're, like, if it's a smaller accounting firm, right, and let's say I just run, you know, Matt Fiedler, Inc., or, you know, and Sons, or whatever, um, and, and we're doing an audit of an employee benefit plan, um, some determination if, like, something were ever to come back saying that the audit was not done correctly, uh, you would get dinged pretty hard uh, if you, like there weren't that many customers or clients that I had and I was working on a select few and I would give them more of a more favorable um, audit than, um, than I probably should have just because that they're not, because I didn't want to piss them off. <laughs> so there is, but that would, that would kind of break independence, right? So I think that's kind of redundant. But okay, B. At least I've narrowed it down to one of the right answers, right? That that's pretty good. Hey, what what type of uh, percentage do you need 
on a section to pass the CPA exam? 75. Okay. 75%. Okay. Not bad. Not bad. So you're at 50%. So if you get, <laughs> if you get the next, if you got the next one right, you'd be in good shape. But yeah, I, yeah. I promise we're going to back off those for a second and we're going to ask a little bit more open-ended questions, still about taxes. And then I got a non-tax one for you, but I know everyone here is listening because April 15th is coming up. Capital gains. Oh, no. oh boy. I so pretty hard this year. So I experienced <laughs> capital gains and taxes and TurboTax and all that fun stuff for the first time in my life last month when I was filing taxes. And I could Google this and I just haven't or I forgot when I last did. Talk to us a little bit about capital gains, what they are, what it means, and uh, anything else you want to share. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you kind of my understanding of capital gains, and then I'll, I'll close with my view of them, which will maybe brush just close, ever so closely against politics, but we'll, we'll deal with that when we get there. Um, so capital gains uh, tax, um, it, as you and, and I, Quinn, as we kind of have discussed on other occasions, um, when you invest in the, um, the stock market, or um, it could be you know, markets around the world, right? But when you invest in there and you uh, you record a gain, it might be unrealized. We call it unrealized if you haven't actually sold the, the stock um, that, that you, you had purchased and it actually increased in value, right? So the difference there is your gain, what you what you paid and then what the current value is. If it's if it's higher than what you paid, you have a gain. But until you sell it, it's it's unrealized. As long as those gains are kept unrealized, you don't pay tax. Um, but you will t- pay tax the year that you you sell them, and you actually get the get the money for for that purchase or for that sale. Um, the the way that capital gains tax works, though, is the, the government will look at that as a type of income, and it is right. You basically used your money to make money. Um, but there's a few distinctions that would probably change your approach towards investing or trading and that would be short-term capital gains versus long-term and my understanding is i think short-term is closer to like 20 percent and long-term is closer to 10 Um, and what that means is if if i buy and sell something um, and, and record a gain within the period of a year that i had purchased it so let's say i bought a um uh, let's say I bought a, uh, one Starbucks stock or something and I sell it six months later and I made a few bucks that gets taxed, um, as a short term capital gain, um, at, at 20% or whatever the rate is for the, the short term capital gains. If I were to buy that stock and, and sit on it for an excess of a year, um, then my tax, um, my tax payment would be less, right? Because, and I think the whole reasoning behind that is the government is trying to limit volatility in the market. If you have more people buying and holding, um, you're going to kind of avoid these large swings, right? That some of the day traders will cause. And I won't get into the AMC GameStop situation that happened um, earlier this year, but it's kind of a prime example of like people, if it's worth it, to you and you can turn a profit it's quite honestly you are still turning a profit you're not being taxed 100 percent for short-term gains 
um, it's just 20%, which is a lot, you know, on, on money that you've already paid taxes on. You just, you know, made more money off that money. Um, but it, I think it's the, the case in point is it's tried to limit some uh, market volatility. That being said, and this is where I close with my, <laughs> my thoughts about it, it kind of sucks. You know what I mean? I say this as a person that, you know, when you're uh, – you're making a little bit of money in the market and you're like, Oh, this is awesome. And then you go to pull it out and you get, you get dinged with, you know, extra tax. Um, but I can understand why, why the, the government does it. The, the one thing that I'm kind of against though is increased taxes on investments. And it, it's just kind of a double edged sword, right? Cause you do have, uh, you have, I would guess, classify them as the wealthy elite, right? Day traders or just, well, you know, quote unquote, Wall Street in general, that's making a fortune at the expense of, uh, of some other people. But I think when there's no distinction of uh, the little guy, uh, like you or, you or I, Quinn, where like we got our stimulus checks and if we didn't need that, you know, immediately for, you know, uh, paying rent or groceries or anything like that. And we we're one of those lucky people that um, were able to keep our jobs during the, you know, the past year, I put that money in the, in the market. Right. And I think what ends up happening is when you start playing around with the tax rates on, on everybody, you hurt the people that like are, you, you, you increase the barrier of entry for like someone like you or I that wants to invest and potentially grow their retirement and be, you know, financially responsible, you kind of, you ding them, you know, instead of trying to help them when you, when you do that. But I don't know. At the end of the day, as long as you keep it in, you know, in excess of a year, that would be my recommendation. I've done the whole, you know, swing trades where you buy something one day, sell it the next day. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not that, I, I could never make it as a day trader. So a lot of my stuff are, are their long-term holds at this point. And it's a lot less stressful that way. So, Gotcha. It sounds like every uh, libertarian's nightmare. Uh, yeah. I, I, you know what? I, I feel like um, as time goes on, I've, I'm a little bit more libertarian than I think I ever thought I was. Um, but th- there's there's so much going on, on, you know, for either parties. And I just, I don't know. I just rather, uh, I don't know if I'd rather build a log cabin and hang out in the woods or, or what. I'm not, I haven't gotten uh, mountain man fully uh, yet, but <laughs> I haven't embraced that life. Well, hey, hopefully we are both uh, under 50 years for retirement at this point. So we've got something yeah. to look forward to. I got a pull chart started, but it's very, very long. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I want to. We we've been we've been grilling you hard with a couple of tax questions to start us off. And one thing that I we've probably talked about it either on on this show or on our other show, uh, the White Noise podcast, uh, White Noise, <laughs> which is a whole other topic that I like to I like to get into sometimes. But I'm not I'm not going to today. All I'll say about it. All, all I will say about it is that if, if you didn't know, if you're a new listener to the Beantown podcast, if you didn't know, Matt and I have a different podcast called the White Noise Podcast. You can find it wherever podcasts are listened to. Uh, I think we have 
seven or eight episodes, something like that. Seven, yeah. And uh, For some reason seven stick out. To me. Yeah, if you're having fun listening to this, you can go check check that out. You know, we got another you know three four hours worth of content from those episodes. If if you want to listen to us goof off and, and have fun, that's that's all all I'm going to say about that show on today's episode or about that that podcast on today's episode. Um, what I wanted to ask you about is music was a, a pretty important part, or I'd say aspect of our relationship growing up and still you know i think what two three years ago we even did a bean town unplugged <laughs> that wasn't music though so i don't know where this is going <laughs> i was trying to i was trying to get through what i wanted to say without without breaking and i i couldn't because that that bean town unplugged still it it lives on youtube it lives on the podcast it was a nightmare oh, for so many reasons mostly I my fault I, but dude if it's still on youtube i'm gonna go i'm gonna find it and i'm gonna dislike it right now <laughs> It's 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 rough. Um, we had, we had fun and just we, we just translating the good music all the time. So it, it was the I would say the concept was fun. When I actually started executing, I had less fun, and that was because I was getting sick, and it was yeah. just it, it 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 was just it was bad, and mostly I, I take the blame for it. But what I actually <laughs> wanted to to ask about is I haven't asked you about sort of music or anything related to music much lately i'm curious you know what are you listening to uh are you you playing any music are you creating any music writing any lyrics uh i know you're a busy man but uh just give us a give us a you know let's let's catch up on that topic yeah no that's a good that's a good question um i'm gonna be honest i i used to do some like uh some writing i I, for those of you who don't don't know me. I, I've never been super musically talented. I know chords on the guitar. I can pound out some, you know, stuff on the, on the piano, but I, I'm not great. I can't like read, you know, music. I can just. You know, hey, play the uh, the A in Hallstrom music theory from Jennifer Harshberger's class you got would speak otherwise. Yeah, well, it's been so it's been so long, and I never really uh, kept that up, uh, but. Yeah, I still, I don't play music as much as I'd like. Um, right now we're kind of in the middle of uh, our busy season at work, which typically, you know, covers around the tax, the tax time. And, and after, after that period, I, I do look into, I'd like to get back into, I do make some uh, occasional YouTube videos or work on music and stuff like that. It's just kind of a creative outlet. It's fun. I, I'm not great at either one, but it's just fun for me to do and at least try to be uh, somewhat creative. Um, that being said, music during like recently has been just more of a relaxing thing. Like it's just so easy just to pick up the guitar, or whatever, play it for a half hour, and then go back to, to to working or you know just a living life. It's a it's a nice uh, way to unwind. But as far as like actually recording anything, I've, I haven't done any of that in a in a long while. Um, as far as what I'm listening to currently, it's a I think my music taste has kind of diversified over, I think back when we started like uh, connecting over like songs or stuff like that, a lot of it was Coldplay centric. Um, there are some other bands in there too, but um, since that point, it's, it's, it's a lot more sporadic. I, I find myself uh, kind of uh, leaning more towards acoustic or just like very stripped down music. Um, I, I, um, well, when we were still able to do so, um, back, uh, not last year, but the year before, um, my girlfriend and I went to 
quite a few concerts of some of our uh, some of our favorite artists. Um, uh, Gregory Allen Isakoff was one. Uh, bon Iver was another one. Lord Huron. And the great thing about uh, those bands are they're just they're so good live. Like they're almost better live than they are on their on their records. And if you can't if you can't go see someone who's that good like live, then I wouldn't say that they're more of a performer than a musical artist. Um, I know that's hot take over here, but I think it's true. Um, but I think when you have more stripped down stuff, it just kind of reveals how good of a, a musician that person is, and how good of a singer and things like that. So I, I think I'm, I'm big into Bob Dylan. I'm, I'm big into Bon Iver, um, Gregory Allen Isakoff. Those are probably my big three right now. Mm, that is poignant what you had to say about uh you know live music versus recording artists and i so or good, studio yeah. recording i think i would agree with that um the, the weird part is i think you spend so much money on concerts it's like it's hard to justify it's the same thing as like oh i don't want to go to like a football game to go see that or a baseball game it's so expensive i could just watch it on tv or uh, but you could say the same thing about music but music's just like it's less about um, entertainment. I mean, it, it is entertaining, but there's just it's a higher echelon of entertainment. I would say music's kind of spiritual. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it, if you have talented artists, I think that's it, it. Does a lot more for you than uh, than a lot of things that you can go do spend your money on. But personal opinion. No, I'm right there with you. I'm, I'm curious, what's the last concert you went to? So, uh, the last concert I was supposed to go, actually, I was going to see Gregory Allen Isakoff. Uh, uh, John Key, my girlfriend, I had seen him at the Red Rocks in, in Colorado, but we were going to see him again um, somewhere in, around Chicago, but that was canceled because of COVID. And we also had tickets to see Khalid, which is another good artist. And that was camp Summerfest. That was canceled because of COVID. So I'm trying to think. Uh, I really don't remember. The last concert we might uh, have gone to was um, Hozier, maybe. Okay, okay. I think, yeah. But that was, and that was pretty good. A lot of... Uh, uh, tweens and young adults and they were packed in there pretty tight it was a little sweaty and stinky, was that at Wrigley it wasn't it was actually at um the Eagles like ballroom and uh geez where is that place it's it's in towards Milwaukee okay okay yeah yeah I uh I had tickets last summer for both Gaga who I don't like I I actually there's a, I I've probably told this story in the podcast before when I was in Philadelphia and I was at a Gaga concert and never actually saw her cause she had health issues, but oh, that's wow. another, another story for another day. Um, but it was just, I got really cheap tickets through, you know, my city, you know, account, whatever. Um, okay. but then I also, the one I was much more excited about was, you know, uh, green day and Weezer and fallout boy had a stadium tour scheduled for last summer. And so I got, Wrigley tickets to see that and I don't care about fallout boy but I'm a huge Green Day fan and Weezer I don't know as much as a lot of other people do but I still 
enjoy watching them and I still enjoy listening to them. Um, and so I was definitely bummed that those two concerts didn't happen. Um, but I, I think the last concert I saw was January 2020. Ben Gibbard came to Chicago Ooh. in Talia Hall. And that that's like as good as it gets. That I would love to see in concert. I, I'm a low-key Death Cab for Cutie fan. I don't listen to them as much as... Like, I always kind of forget about them a bit. But I went through, I went through some phases. Um, and they're just good. Like, he's, he's brilliant. He's yep. a genius, really. Yeah, and I don't know if, if you're aware of this. This time last year, right when the pandemic really hit the U.S., he did a live show... Like every day. I think I, I think I caught. Well, I don't think I caught it every day, but I think I caught one of them. Um, yeah, I mean, actually, I think you. I think you. I heard about it on your show. I think you brought it up on the podcast. Yes, yeah. that's when I watched a few. But I mean, there's there's kind of two parts to it. One is it's just. I mean, he's got you know, the whole, the entire series he did was probably at least like twenty shows or something like that. That of you know forty five minutes of music of just him acoustic which is just amazing in its own right. But it's also, and I haven't done this, but I, cause I think I have to be like emotionally ready for it, but you can go back and it's a total time capsule for like what we were feeling, what we were talking about. Um, I was thinking about this on my walk, uh, just right before we started recording where like I had actually had an MP3 player at this time last year that had, uh, an FM radio. And so when oh, I would yeah. go when I would go on my walks this time last year, you know, two weeks after starting working from home, I would always listen to NPR and just the the types of interviews, conversations they were having. A lot of times uh, talking about the stock market and the volatility that was going on this time last year. It's I I don't think I not that I'm like emotionally not ready to like listen to or think about that sort of thing, but it's just it it'll hit you hard. Um, yeah. And, and it make you pretty reflective, like thinking back to one year ago. So, but back to what I was, I was saying, yeah, Ben Gibbard, like he's got all that stuff. If you just go to Death Cab's uh, YouTube channel, uh, I think he, I think they've kept all of them up. Um, but I haven't uh, checked, yeah. but they're somewhere online. Once it's online, it's never not online, right? That's that's so true. There's... Yeah. Well, one one other point I wanted to make before I have two more questions before I let you go because I know it's getting late here. Um, I wanted to make a, a mention of this to you because I haven't actually mentioned it to anyone else who may or may not have seen it. But, And this is, of course, COVID-dependent. But this summer, kicking off a tour, and I just learned about this like last week, James Taylor, Jackson Brown in concert together. I think, I think tickets are on sale right now, and I haven't, I haven't bought yet, but I think wow. I will pretty soon. I, I've just been like holding off because of – covid yeah. but i need to do it soon but it's it's like mid-july late july something like that i don't remember but i've seen james taylor live at caesar's palace i've never seen jackson brown but if i mean if you like ben gibber and you like acoustic ben gibber like yep. these guys yep. are like kings of that style oh, so james iconic, man. yeah yeah so i would i i just say like go check it out um i need to you know revisit it this weekend and see dates and prices how far out um like we're we're able to like when they start planning stuff again because i literally i had mentioned that khalid concert that junkie and i had tickets to and um i just got an email literally like yesterday about our our refund or like do you want a refund or do you want a credit and it's like well if we're gonna go see concerts again maybe we'll just get a credit you know what i mean yeah 
but like who knows i don't know when uh, when that'll be considered safe to do so i don't know yep it's all up in the air yeah that made me think of uh actually one other point i'll make or just not story but another band that i had tickets to probably i i mean it's tough to call one band your favorite band but easily in like my top five top ten and relevant right now because they dropped a new album this week um the fratellis who you might know for Uh, chelsea dagger they dropped their sixth album this week um didn't they just have oh i guess they probably had one was it two years ago their most recent one was i think 2017 maybe 2018 oh, i'd have okay. to go back and look might might be 2018 um, but this this album it's called well i so i was supposed to they were supposed to release this album a year ago and i was supposed to see oh. them at metro in chicago um this time last year and chicago is always a really fun show because they come out they play chelsea dagger and everyone knows it because everyone's blackhawks yeah. fan and it's yep, yep. it's it's awesome but um, this album, it's called Half Drunk Under a Full Moon, I think is what it's called. It's a lengthy title. But it's if you're, if you're going in and you're like, okay, let's listen to Chelsea Day for 10 tracks, you're going to be really disappointed. It's super – they kind of went like Taylor Swift in, in terms of what she did last year. It's like super mellow. There aren't any like headbangers or bops on it. Um, and the first time I listened to it you know, last week over Easter weekend, I was like – and I, I don't know, this is kind of like, okay, but I feel like it's just putting me to sleep. But the more I listen to it, which happens all the time, um, yeah. the more, especially the like tracks that weren't singles they released beforehand, I'm like, okay, this is, this is good. And you gotta, you might have to go uh, like look up the lyrics online too, because being a Scottish band, you can't always yeah, sometimes exactly hear what they're trying to say. Um, but, but John Fratelli is the, the leader of that group is just very uh, poetic, almost like Ben Gibbard in, in his lyrics. Um, so yeah, I did, that's my small little plug for one of my favorite bands. But uh, one, it's one good thing stuff. I, I want to mention too, and I don't know if you've kind of seen this in your life. I I feel like I've noticed it more so like the past two years of just like my preferences changing. Um, I, I think when I was younger, I mean, like so much has kind of evolved over the past few years. In my, I'm only what 27, 28 ish, uh, going to be towards the end of the year. Um, but I'm less about like the the rock, the hype, the pop music. It's more like just I would like good, like poetic or like meaningful music now. Like I'm sick of beer. I would much rather <laughs> drink a classy or just one good you know, cocktail drink. It's just, everything is more like in moderation. It's less of a, I don't know. I'd rather stay home <laughs> than go out and, you know, deal with logistics and all that stuff. I, maybe I'm just being more boring now as I get older, but I feel like your preferences kind of are starting to change. And that translates directly to the music that I listen to for sure. Well, no, it, it's definitely a natural age progression. I also, for me, I, I know that it, a lot of it comes down to mood. Like sometimes I'll wake up yeah. and, and I'm like, oh, I woke up and this Beethoven sonata was in my head. Like today's going to be a Beethoven day while I'm working from home. And then other days, literally, I'll, and this is my church upbringing and like working as worship leaders in churches, I'll wake up and I have some like super hype gospel song in my head and I'm like, today's going to be like a pump it up, like Christian music, yeah. weird kind of day like that. So yeah, it just kind of depends on, you know, I, I don't, I don't know the psychology behind this stuff, but like 
sometimes I wake up and I've got a certain song in my head and other times I'm feeling much more just like whatever. But yeah, I think it's natural and it's just like go with the flow, have fun with it and, you know, explore. So yeah, yeah, for sure. I've got I've got two more questions for you. I know we're we're okay. we're hitting minute thirty nine, which is already longer than I anticipated going. So I apologize for that. Hey, um, no, I don't mind. Always a pleasure to be on the show, no matter how length how how long the length of time is. Well, the the my last question, I promise, is a probably a short, quick, fun one. But but this okay. question is you know it is our taxes special, so we're going to come back to the CPA exam one more time. Right. And uh, this, I can get this one right. This this time we're jumping to the uh, the I I don't know if is it regulatory regulation oh, section. <laughs> yeah, reg. <laughs> but it's not a it. This one's a lot uh, a lot zippier than the last one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm just probably gonna guess for this one because this is gonna be uh, I guess for those of you who are, are listening, this will probably be more of your tax based questions. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. I I think you're up to the challenge. All right. Here we go. If an exempt organization is a corporation, the tax on unrelated business taxable income, again, the tax, oh, the tax on unrelated business taxable income is, and here are your four choices, A, computed at corporate income tax rates, B, computed at rates applicable to trusts, C, credited against the tax on recognized capital gains. We just talked about that. And, or, or D, abated. And the only time I've ever seen that word in my life is there's a football <laughs> penalty, new, offsides or neutral zone infraction unabated to the quarterback. Yeah, so I don't I kinda, think that's relevant here. My gut instinct says A, but I think it might be the last one. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to guess and go with the last one. Oh, man, you got to follow your gut. Damn it. I, I happened both times, too. Yeah, Jeez. I know. The answer was A, computed at corporate income tax rates. So it's kind of a, it's a small thing, but a lot of people say, oh, I work for a not-for-profit. Or, a, a, well, I guess what I hear probably most commonly is a non-profit. Nobody ever wants to work at a non-profit because that means that your company's not making money. If your company's not-for-profit, that, that makes sense because you weren't looking to make money to begin with, but it's a small distinction between the two. But yeah, if you're doing something outside of, um, outside of that umbrella of nonprofit, then you'll just be treated like a normal, a normal, uh, normal corporation would be. And I guess that your, your answer would kind of backs up a little bit. Who, who the hell knows what a beta is, right? <laughs> <laughs> Well, as someone who works for a, uh, a, a high institution of higher education that's both not-for-profit and maybe non-profit, I don't know. I can tell you I'm not making money either way. It doesn't matter how you label it. So uh, I, I, I got to tell you this. I, I upped my uh, – my 403B contribution percentage a little bit, which is the same thing as 401K, uh, but – But cooler. But cooler. But I – you know, I, I upped it – you know, around Christmas time, something like that. And so now my, you know, every direct deposit is a little bit less. And uh, I, it's pretty depressing. I've, I've gone, we we went from four figures down to three figures with the, oh, uh, with the, the bi-monthly 
direct deposit. And it's just, it's a little bit more depressing seeing, you know, 950 or whatever versus yeah. 1042 or whatever it was before. So, yeah, but, no, for uh, sure. but I will say that you're, what you're doing is what I would advise, Quinn. So, anybody that's watching, I think the rule of thumb is. By the time you turn 30, you should have a year's worth of salary saved in your, your 401k or 403b or your equivalent, I guess, retirement savings account. And then by the time you're 35, you should have two times your, your uh, annual salary saved. And something that I've seen um, just by doing the employee benefit plan audits that I've done is there's people that are like 50, 55 that have like five grand saved. And it's just like, that's not going to cut it. Like, I, I think there's going to, there's, we don't think about it. I think a lot of us, um, or people our age, retirement isn't something that they're consciously thinking about. They're thinking about bills. You know what I mean? Like I got to pay my bills and I, I, I can agree like that's important. Um, but also make a distinction of wants versus needs when you're younger, because, um, there's an interesting math problem <laughs> um, where you could, if you put away $10,000 um, each year between like when you were 20 and when you were 30, so over that span of, of 10 years, so $100,000 at your you know 30th birthday that you put away, and you just stopped until you retired at 65, you would have more money waiting for you when you retired than if you waited until 30 and put $10,000 a year in between uh, your 30th birthday and when you were 65. So that's how a strong um, compound interest and uh, growth in the market really can be. Um, and it, it's just kind of wild. It's it's all time value of money at this point and whatever you can put away now, do it. Um, even if it's a little bit, because you'll be, you'll thank yourself later. I feel like you should be running a seminar with this stuff, like, like no, little uh, Dave Ramsey action. You could tour the country. Well, I'll tell you, most of Dave Ramsey's um, advice stems around just pay after debt as soon as you can, which I agree with. Like, um, my my girlfriend Jonathan, she's going to be graduating pharmacy school soon, and uh, you know, obviously, school carries a lot of debt. Um, pharmacy school can carry a a sizable chunk you know itself and the first thing is just like pay out like whatever you gotta do like pay it off as quick as you can um because i think debt is something that just kind of weighs you down whether it's mentally emotionally financially all of the above um if you have the means to to pay up pay it off just it's something you got to work at um but it's but you will be happier probably at the end of how many years it, it takes you to pay it off than you would be if you just paid off for 30 years or something like that. It's just, it's, it's a tough one. Uh, and I've been blessed to, to not amass a, a large amount of debt. Um, so I can't relate to, to people that have very sizable student loan debt. Um, but I guess my recommendation is just don't like, don't eat out, don't see movies, just pirate them online or something like that. Like just stay in and try to pay off your debt as soon as you can because it's just, it's a tough one for sure. I have to, per FAA guidelines, say we that I do not endorse, yep, the Tom podcast yep. does not endorse <laughs> pirating movies online. 
and we do not the the views of our guests and affiliates are not representative of okay. the Bean Town podcast. I'll, I'll, I'll walk that back. What I will say is, um, befriend someone and ask for their <laughs> Netflix login. I think that's that's probably the smarter way to do it. There you go. There you go. Hey, I mean, I have I I don't pay. Other than my Amazon Prime membership, which I get Prime Video through, which I don't think I've used Prime Video in months, but I have access to Netflix, Hulu, uh, HBO Max, uh, probably something else I'm forgetting, and I don't pay a dime for any of it. Good so for you. That's the life. You're playing your cards right, man. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like. Well, I got, I got one final question for you, and it yeah. has nothing to do with taxes. What are you having for supper tonight? Oh, what What? am I having for supper tonight? Yeah, that's really personal, man. Mm. Um, I might finish off this lasagna that I had made uh, last night. Call you Garfield. Yeah, you know what? It actually might be one of the best things that I had made. Um, I I did it all all from scratch. Um, Even the pasta. Even not the pasta, except for the pasta. (laughs) Gordon Ramsay would have a fit. I cooked the pasta. I did not order it out. I just, you know, sure, boiled the water sure. and tossed them yeah. in. Got them nice and uh, al dente. Mm-hmm. Old, old, nice cheap to them. Um, but the hardest part was doing the layers. You know, you got to get your... Oh, yeah. I did uh, some ricotta cheese, some uh, mozzarella and parmesan with an egg and some parsley as well. Whipped it up real nice and had a nice coating. Um, Italian sausage or some of that in there. It, it, honestly... I, I found a recipe, but it, it might be one of the best things that I've made so far. So I might finish that up. That's good stuff. And lasagna is pretty hard. I, I was going to say it's pretty hard to mess up. I mean, from an ingredients perspective, I feel like it's pretty straightforward. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty straightforward. It, the only thing is how efficient you want to make it. Like, if you can do the, the ricotta, like the cheese mixture and the sauce and the noodles at the same time that's next level um otherwise you can just drag it out and make your make the time of the prep time three times as long um i did a blend of both i forgot about the noodles until towards the Mm, the end and then i realized oh that's kind of important so yeah so i circled back and i made those but yeah rachel and i did a virtual cooking class maybe right at the start of this year and um it was lasagna uh, with a couple other things, but the the classic beginner's mistake I made that I'm not even upset about because it was still delicious is using too much sauce and making oh, it too no, soupy. That's not a mistake. I know I because we got thing. you know we got garlic bread to sop mm-hmm. it up and it's just like hey this is good stuff. I don't care like I'm not trying to win any presentation awards here. I'm just trying to eat well. Yeah, I you can always. There's some things that I don't like uh, for other things. I'm not. I don't like too much sauce. You know what I mean? But like when it comes to pasta, tomato sauce, like oh man, the more the the better. Because you're always going to have some carb that you can wipe it mm-hmm. up with. You know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I, I'm not mad about that. Yeah. Not at all. I feel you. Well, I know that was a personal question, but I, I <laughs> appreciate you sharing. Yeah. Of course. And that that sounds pretty. I mean, what what night? of lasagna are you on because i'm about to go hit uh my fourth night of chili over oh, really? here okay so i i just made it last night so oh, there we go. and there's there's probably there's probably like four servings uh left and it sounds, these are healthy size it sounds servings. like one serving if you want it bad enough if you want it bad enough yeah it's the same 
kind of uh, thought process I have with pizzas, which is any any pizza is a personal pizza if you if you try hard and believe in yourself. And I, I think that translates to lasagna as well. Probably any Italian dish. You just got to eat fast enough to not notice the difference. Dude, I'm such a slow eater. This is where I found out uh, over time. I I don't know if it's because I talk a lot when I'm sitting down with people to, to eat and I just forget about food <laughs> in front of me. But I normally take a long ass time to eat my, my dinner. Uh, it's not a great one, not one of my greater qualities. Hey, it's um, it's uh, my my oldest brother Walt will be listening to this episode and and he'll be he'll be texting me right when he gets to this part in the episode saying Amen, brother, because he's the, <laughs> the longest eater I've ever ever met. Um, hey, my my last thing we we got uh, JB Alberto's deep dish pizza one time when you were in Chicago. Is that right? That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. I get. Delicious. I, yeah. I've had to stop getting JB Alberto's. I don't know what they did. Their recipe has gotten like they you know. Messed up the sauce. Well, no, the thing. sauce is good, but in, in, anytime you're getting a deep dish pizza, there's going to be some level of grease involved. But oh, sure. JB Alberto's has gone off the deep end with their grease. The last time I had their pizza. My skin was like broken out for the next two days. <laughs> oh, no. It was there. I mean, you just feel my forehead, and like it was, it was a nightmare. There was just oil everywhere, and so I don't know if I had a bad night, but it's been maybe two, three months, and I haven't been back. So we'll oh, see. I, I remember that time finally. That was a fun. That was a fun uh, weekend running around Chicago, but. Yeah, it's uh, as long as you as long as you're able to get here with with good weather and you know non-COVID times, it's it's a fun place to hang out. So, and and I'll be moving in what two months here, so we'll have a new new yeah, fun place to hang. So you yeah. ended up. I know this is kind of not not necessarily podcast. Uh, That's okay. uh, Material, but so you found a place? No, uh, no, but I I, I have not oh, found a place, okay. but I also did not resign my lease. So okay. That pretty All much right. well, seals it. <laughs> You're moving. You just don't know where. I will be living somewhere that is not here to clarify. So, All right. but no, we're we're looking and you know in unit washer dryer and close to the train line and we're gonna try to have it all. So, yeah. hey, shoot for the stars. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You, you deserve it. Hey, it's another thing. You know, we were we were talking about paying for things that are important and stuff around the home, and you expand that up one layer and you talk about rent and I've done a pretty good job of, you know, I think some places out there, it's like 25% something like that, pay for your rents. And I, I've always done a good job of being either under that or way under that in my lifetime. So I don't, yeah. I don't feel that bad if it, if it creeps up a little bit. So, cause I'm yeah. still under their, the internet's suggested Is average. That, that's the suggested 25%. That's usually what I see. I mean, you'll see a variety of numbers, but it's around 25% is what I typically see. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah, well, spread your wings a little bit. Maybe you can get up to like 27, 28, you know, pamper yourself a little bit. And then you can just cut back on the Wheaties. Oh, I haven't bought cereal in a long time. But uh, I just bought cereal the other day. I have not eaten cereal in, oh, I don't know, two years. What did you have? Captain Crunch. Oh, boy. Just the berries. (laughs) <laughs> and I also got this <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts type of cereal because oh, it, it made it look pretty good. It was just okay. Aww. <laughs> it was, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> Sling and a miss. But I, next time I uh, uh, stop by the grocery store, I think I'm going to get get some, just buy bulk. Buy those bag cereals, man. 
Well, I was just going to mention when I go to my grocery store, they've got, you know, the, the, the off brand bag cereals and those are by far the most cost effective. And I haven't, I, you know, I've lived here for two years and I go grocery shopping every week and every once in a while I'll walk down the aisle and be like, maybe this is the week I finally just like go off the deep end with sugar and decide I'm going to do it. But I've always, I've always been able to restrain myself and head to the ice cream aisle instead. But uh, <laughs> that's I, <laughs> maybe, maybe in the next two months here, I, I'll, you know, you, you get one of those big bags for like three fifty or something, and Dude, have I, the I time of your you're, life. You're, you're really, uh, you're wasting some valuable opportunities here because how great does this sound? What, what are the main ingredients for cereal? You got your milk, you got your cereal. What is ice cream? But milk in a different form you could literally get some nice like cocoa crisps puffs mix that with a nice vanilla uh, ice cream and and have yourself a grand old time i need to have my bowl of chili stat before i run out the door and go nuts no yeah well well matt feather i want to give i like to give my guests the chance to say anything or plug anything or you know recite some sort of old English poem, whatever you'd like to do, any, anything you want to share your final thoughts on this year's, uh, Beantown podcast, fourth annual taxes special. Well, I don't have any old English poems, but, um, one thing I will say is just be nice to people. Life's too short. It really is. Uh, time flies. And I think that's one thing that we've missed. People always talk about like, uh, the last year or two, uh, quarantining and being away from people. And, you know, we're always stuck on our phones, on Facebook, on social media, but actually connecting with human beings is, is I think something that is kind of an innate thing that everybody needs. So call your family, call your friends, check in on them and be, be nice to the strangers that, that you do happen to see when you're out and about. That's all I would say. Wise words, as always, from the tax master and the sage himself, Matt Fiedler, our taxes specialist, as always, coming through clutch on our fourth annual Beantown Podcast Taxes Special. Matthew, I'll keep you on the line for one second after I stop our recording here, but thanks so much again for joining us. Oh, anytime. All right, everyone, uh, that's all I got for you. I hope everyone is well, enjoying the nice spring weather in Chicago. And uh, let's cue up some outro music, everyone. Be safe, be sane, and I will check in on you next week.